Welcome to Sustainability in the Air, the world's first podcast dedicated to sustainable aviation. This show is brought to you by Simplifying, which has been helping build trust in travel for over a decade. Through in-depth conversation with aviation leaders, sustainability in the air breaks through the current clutter and provides a clear roadmap for the future. It's about time we embarked on creating a net-zero future for the industry, together. This season of the podcast is brought to you by Carbon Click, leaders in managing carbon offsetting programs for top global airlines. Without further ado, here is your host, Shashank Nigam, CEO of Simplifying. Welcome to another episode of Sustainability in the Air podcast with me, Shashank Nigam, your host. And today I have Amy Burr, the president of JetBlue Technology Ventures, joining us. And a lot of you might have heard of JetBlue. You might have heard of venture capitalist firms. But this is a very unique situation where an airline is running a technology ventures fund. And Amy has the unique opportunity to lead this. Amy, welcome to the podcast. And I'm very curious, how do you find yourself in this unique role? Yeah, I mean, this is, it is a really fantastic role. And, and it is a unique um, kind of perspective within the industry. I've, I've been in the airline industry for 22 years, um, a long time. <laughs> um, and I have traditionally been part of an operating airline. So you know, mainly with roles on, you know, strategy and commercial and IT, you know, customer facing IT um, functions. Um, I started my career in the airline industry with Continental Airlines um, many, many years ago, Um, spent four years there, but then I was a founder at Virgin America. Um, And I was with Virgin America from the very beginning, employee number 20, before we were actually an airline, before we actually had a separate company that was the airline, Um, all the way until the very end with the merger with Alaska. Um, And during that time, I had a number of different roles, a lot of them around how do we embrace kind of the future of technology and bring a better product experience, you know, whatever it might be to both our customers and our team, right? So, um, you know, after I left with the Virgin America Alaska merger, I started, um, you know, I, I saw this this role with JetBlue Tech Ventures. At the time, it was the managing director of operations, which is our investment, or, I'm sorry, our innovation side of the business. Um, and, you know, I thought this is a perfect spot for me. I, I have deep, deep, you know, knowledge with of the industry and how we operate and, and the problems we have and the pain points we try to solve and kind of what our strategy looks like for the future. But, you know, this, this, you know, role, JTV, you know, we're mandated to look beyond what we do every single day in the industry. And we're looking at how technology will change kind of the future and what opportunities are there for us to, you know, you know, do our business better and, you know, just be a better airline um, and, and provide a better product and a better experience for our customers through technology. And so this is definitely something that, you know, I've enjoyed over the course of my career. So I started with um, JTV back in 2018, um, spent several years kind of running the innovation side of our business, um, which is is a nice complement to the investment side of our business. Um, and then, you know, about a year ago, um, I took over the organization and um, have been president now for a while. And it's just, it's a fantastic role. I'm super excited every single day to go to work. Is there, it's just really great to be able to be part of a really dynamic industry, but looking at it from a different perspective. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. <laughs> 
it sounds like an amazing ride. I remember first, I think we spoke or I definitely learned about you uh, when you lo- when you when you did the Salesforce Chatter project in back in Virgin America and with the with the on demand yes. in flight chatting oh. and ordering. Yeah. And and that was the first time I remember first hearing about you uh, back in the Virgin America days. And then, of course, over the last couple of years during COVID, we worked together mm-hmm. on Simplifying Launchpad, of which, you know, you were an instrumental part in giving lots of startup feedback. But through COVID, things have changed mm-hmm. for the airline industry. How has your strategy at JTV changed because of COVID or throughout the pandemic? You know, it, it definitely was a very, it's, it has been, um, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know that we can say it's over yet, but it's been a very, very interesting time in this industry. Challenging, lots of opportunity, uh, you know, nothing's ever entirely bad. Nothing's ever entirely good. There's lots of good and bad in, in everything that we're doing. Um, COVID, you know, as soon as COVID became a very real um you know, issue for our countries and lockdowns happened and travel really fell off. Um, you know, what it did for us at JetBlue Tech Ventures is it changed kind of the perspective of the work we were doing on a day-to-day basis. Um, we spent less time thinking about things that were compelling to invest in and spent more time, like really doubled down on the invet- in the innovation side of our business. And we were, you know, our job is to help JetBlue think beyond the what they're, you know, doing in the operation right now. And think about how they can use technology in a different way. And so at that time, as soon as things locked down, as soon as things started to change, we spent a lot of time on, you know, um, health and safety, cleaning tech, you know, um, how can we use technology to um, really kind of dive into a program that JetBlue launched right away, safety from the ground up. You know, how do we clean our aircraft better? How do we main, you know, track and help people from a health perspective, like, you know, things like thermal scanning, like, do we thermally scan like everybody at the airport? So we know who has, has a fever, you know, just crazy stuff like that. How do we use health passports to enable, you know, information flow as people are starting to return um, to travel? We spent just so much time looking at technology that can help JetBlue kind of get everybody comfortable with flying again. A lot of self-service technology, like how can we double down on self-service technology where customers don't feel like they have to talk to somebody every single second of their travel, right? Because during COVID, that was a really big deal. You know, you didn't want to have that interaction with people. You wanted to just be able to like get through the process as quickly as possible without, you know, any interaction. Um, but then the other piece of, of that, you know, we sp- so we spent a lot of time on that. We spent a lot of time with JetBlue just thinking like, hey, t- try this. Hey, here's this crazy kiosk cleaner. Hey, there's UV tech that can clean the whole aircraft, like all of these kinds of things. Um, but we also really recognized during that time frame that a couple key aspects of our business were changing. Number one, um, one one area that we really did, you know, kind of dug into was um, the change of hospitality. So people, as they as they came back to travel, they didn't they didn't want to think about like, oh, I'm going to stay at a hotel. That was scary to them. So now they're starting to think about, you know, the importance of, um, you know, uh, short term rentals and that type of accommodation grew substantially. So we started to really dig into that. Um, the importance of sustainability really. You know, it's it's an interesting dynamic that COVID made everybody think more about their sustainability programs, but it did. Um, you know, as people stopped flying and, you know, emissions, you know, were decreased because people weren't driving, you know, it became so front and center that, hey, we really do have to solve this problem. Like, look, this is an example of when 
all of this is cut down and it's great. Um, but we, you know, we're, we can't, this won't happen on its own. So um, sustainability tech really became important. So that was another piece of, of the work that we started to really dig into, like what are the important levers we can pull as an industry over the course of time. Um, and, you know, there was a small, we, we had a small pause in <clears throat> like active investments, but it was small, it was short. And we, we came back, you know, during COVID and, and started investing in really important um, technologies. Um, and, you know, had a great year last year, especially, um, you know, 2020 was probably a little bit more challenging for everybody as we tried to find our way through this new reality. But um, we, you know, really, you know, focused on our strength as a firm to help JetBlue through and that that's probably what happened the most this is fantastic background right when you say you had a great year last year what are the metrics at JetBlue Technology Ventures is it to make as much technology go over to JetBlue to be used today is it for as much technology for JetBlue for tomorrow or is it for the entire industry how much is this how much of your success is linked to JetBlue using what you're bringing in and if JetBlue doesn't use it doesn't mean it didn't work or should the should other airlines be using it? What is what is success? You know, so we look at success in a number of different ways, which is, and, and this is a tricky thing um, in in our particular industry in a, in a corporate venture capital firm. So we measure success, um, you know, for our business for for the venture firm business. We measure success in two different ways: strategic value and and um, financial value. Of course, you know, we're doing investments, we're making investments in startups. Of course, you know, we track very closely financially if they're successful or not. We help them grow as startups. We want them to be successful. Ultimately, we want them to exit our portfolio and for us to have a return, of course. You know, and, you know, we definitely are, are very focused on making sure that that part of our business is successful. But on, on the JetBlue side of the business um, or the strategic side of the business, we, we do consider ourselves a very strategic investor. Um, our goal is to find interesting startups you know, in compelling technology for JetBlue, for JetBlue travel products, for some partners we have, um, we invest in three different time horizons. So some of what we invest in is immediately applicable and should be used by somebody within our kind of portfolio of partners, JetBlue obviously being the most important. Um, some of the tech we, we invest in is, is a little bit more future looking. So we look at things that, hey, in two to five years, this could be really, really interesting for a future strategy for JetBlue or for JetBlue travel products or for whoever. Or even even more so, like in seven to 10 years, this is going to transform our industry. So the way we look at it is, it, you know, each startup that we bring into our portfolio or each startup that we bring to JetBlue, you know, should be compelling for either now or for the future. It could change the travel industry itself. It could change JetBlue and how we do business. Um, some of our startups aren't working with JetBlue, but they are, you know, providing benefit for the industry. And I think that is a real big key piece of what we do. Um, we're here to make travel better, you know, and um, some of that, you know, means it's a little bit further out and we're trying to make sure we, we stay ahead of disruption in the industry. We want to make sure that JetBlue knows the things that are coming. You know, we invested in Joby Aviation, for example. It was an EV tall. It's an EV tall company, an electric vehicle, uh, electric vehicle takeoff and landing aircraft that will be an air taxi. Um, and we invested in them in 2017, long before they were ready to actually like fly an aircraft. Um, and now they're making really great progress um, and, you know, are, are working their way through certification um, project plans and all of those kinds of things. And we the way we looked at it is someday our customers are going to take an air taxi. And what we want to do is make sure that JetBlue understands that market 
and how our customers might use that market. And so that is an important piece of the business we do. We don't want JetBlue to be surprised by something new in the marketplace that we haven't seen. You know, that's not, you know, that's that's a little bit of, of why we're here. So anyway, long rambling story on multiple reasons, multiple ways that we measure success for sure. So you, you, you're definitely like a periscope for JetBlue that's looking out, mm-hmm. you know, in, into the future. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I love your time horizons that you've shared, you know, short term medium term and, and then long term mm-hmm. let's go towards sustainability this is a podcast on sustainable aviation yeah <laughs> and i really wanted to have you on because JetBlue has taken a bold position when it comes to investing mm-hmm. in sustainable technologies joby being a good example my understanding is that most sustainable technologies sustainability technologies are long term some are medium term yeah how is it a patient game with when it comes to sustainability uh investment like Joby or others? Yeah, you know, actually, an, an, an interesting, this, this is an interesting um, piece of our business. JetBlue, um, you know, the airways side of the business, they are spending every single day, they have an entire team looking at how can they meet their net carbon zero goals, um, which are aggressive and real. And the entire industry has this goal, you know, by 2050 to be net carbon zero. And I think our goal is 2040, you know, and, you know, how can they actually start pulling levers today to get toward, to, to move towards those goals? And so they, they think about, you know, obviously, you know, early, early sustainability tech is like carbon offsetting, which will sunset someday, right? You know, that's not the long term, but that's, you know, a, a lever you can pull now. And they think about, sustainable aviation fuel and how can they increase the amount of sustainable aviation fuel that they have, um, that they, that we fly, um, with what we think about our side of the business is thinking longer term than that for them. So we're looking at longer term tech. And so this is a patient game. This is a long game. Um, we are looking and investing in tech that is a little bit like the next generation. It's, you know, alternative propulsion systems. We have an investment in universal hydrogen. How will hydrogen be able to be plugged into aircraft someday to actually be, you know, an actual fuel source? Um, We think about electric, you know, electric, you know, electric um, propulsion systems, electric hybrid aviation, you know, um, aircraft, those types of things. We think about direct air capture and how instead of storing carbon that you pull from the air, how do you make fuel out of that? So like that's the next generation of um, sustainable aviation fuel. Um, We think about, you know, the next generation of actual bio sustainable aviation fuel, like what are the newer, like what are changing kind of, um, you know, bio stock that you can use to make sustainable aviation fuel? And how does that, how's that going to transform over the, over time? So we make investments in some of these technologies because to help them grow. And we have, that gives us a seat at the table and helps and helps us like direct kind of how they think about it for the industry. I mean, that's important for us. Um, But we are, investing in the next generation beyond what we can use right now to pull these levers to help us meet these goals long-term. So they are, it is a long play. Yeah. Right. This is definitely patient capital, right? Now, Mm -hmm. my question is, how do you decide? Because this is a blossoming space right now, which is good news uh, for aviation because there's there's Joby and Lilium and Boom and 50 others that are (laughs) trying to, you know, hit at the same issue from different angles. How do you decide to go with one and not the other? Because you can't be investing in all of them. JetBlue can't be ordering, you know, 500 linium planes and 1,000 Joby <laughs> eVTOLs and plugging them into universal hydrogen. How do you decide one versus the other? There's so many. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think this is actually 
like a, just a topic in general um, that as a CVC, you know, is, is on our mind all the time. You know, you see thousands of startups in all kinds of different spaces, obviously sustainability being one of our biggest themes. Um, and you have to choose, you know, who you think will be the winner. Um, so it, it can be tricky. It can be, it can be tough. We look at a lot of different things. We look at um, how they're solving a problem, whether it's a unique and, and kind of like, you know, what we think will be a successful way of solving a specific problem. We look at the team. The team is very important. You know, how do we feel about the the founders? How do we feel about the growth of their team over the course of time? Like, are they bringing in the right, um, you know, people to, to, to help run the business? We think about um, traction. Like, you know, are they making you know, are they being very realistic about their plans to like kind of penetrate the market? Are, you know, are they making good traction? Are they making good choices? What are they going to use the money for? Um, that's an important piece for us. Like, what are you going to use this money for? Tell me how you're going to take this investment, you know, round that you're raising right now and, and, you know, use it to catapult yourself into the next phase of growth. Um, and so, you know, there's a little bit of, um, you know, you have to figure out kind of what's the right startup for you. Um, you know, we, you know, an example might be the direct air capture to fuel, comp- you know, um, area. There might be a hundred of these companies. So which is the best one? And so, you know, we do a lot of due diligence on our companies. Our team is very, very smart about the particular areas we look into. Um, and, you know, we make, we try to make the right choices in terms of, of team and growth and traction and kind of company structure and, and all of those things. And I would think that would be um, true of any CVC or any VC company, like, you know, uh, you evaluate your your startups based on a lot of these criteria and hope that you make the right choices. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Now, when it does come to investing, you are putting money in, so yeah. you're a financial investor and you're a strategic investor because it's JetBlue. Yeah. What takes precedence? Is it applicability of a sustainable technology at JetBlue? Or is it if I give them money, they're going to go live with 10 10 other airlines or within aviation? Well, so first of all, one of our tenants um, at JetBlue Tech Ventures has always been that we will never tell you that you can't work with other airlines. In fact, we want you to work with other airlines. That makes you successful, right? You know, if you're in a a startup in travel, the more customers and clients you have, um, the better, right? So we'll never, never limit your growth um, potential. Obviously, we want to choose things that we think are strategic for JetBlue. Um, but we also, again, we have this mandate to like just in general help the industry. And so this particular um, theme is actually, you know, very relevant because, you know, some of the things that we're investing in aren't things that JetBlue might use right away. Um, in fact, we're going to have to figure out whether they're applicable for JetBlue. Hydrogen is a very good example. You know, we have, air, you know, Airbus aircraft. How long term will Airbus aircraft be able to ingest hydrogen as fuel? Is that going to work? You know, and we're not sure. But part of what we do is we take investments in these companies so that we have a seat at the table and so that we know this part of the business and so that we can help make help JetBlue make choices about long-term technology that can help them decarbonize kind of, you know, our, our business. But in general, this particular theme is very much about the industry. We're in it together. We all have to like figure this out together. And so, um, you know, we definitely are very focused on helping the industry decarbonize. Um, and so, you know, we will invest in things like hydrogen or electric aircraft or things like that, that JetBlue won't immediately immediately use, but will be long term a solution for the industry. This is very um, interesting because a point I made recently was airlines tend to use sustainability as a competitive advantage, but that 
doesn't serve yeah. anyone because it's like Airbus and Boeing saying, my plane is safer than yours. They never fight on safety. Yep. Similarly, airlines <laughs> shouldn't be talking about sustainability as a competitive advantage. And it seems that that's a bitter pill you've already swallowed here at JTV that, hey, you know what? If a competitor of JetBlue's uh, buys one of the technologies we invested in, that's totally fine. Was that a hard one or was that uh, you know easy from, from the get-go? I mean, there's definitely always a little bit of competition. And um, of course, our sustainability team is very focused on making sure that, you know, um, they're ahead of the game and making good choices and, you know, that people know the things that we're doing, the levers we're pulling to be um, sustainable. But, you know, Robin Hayes, who's the CEO of JetBlue, as you know, is also um, the chair of IATA right now. And IATA, very strong sustainability goals. Um, so clearly, we're all in this together. And his his perspective is, you know, very much, you know, this is a problem we have to solve as an industry and fighting about it or fighting over the resources is maybe not like, you know, the best way to go about it. How can we work together to solve these problems? Um, so we're actually in two different um, JetBlue Ventures is in two separate um, working groups, you know, big, you know, you know, industry working groups around sustainability tech. One is, um, an aviation climate task force that was set up by BCG um, and has a number of airlines associated. Um, JetBlue and JetBlue Ventures are both part of that group. And we talk about what is the next generation of technology that needs to be funded and needs to have the right research and needs to be em- encouraged along that will solve these problems in the long term. And then the other piece, of course, is that we just announced our, um, our us joining um, TPG's Rise Climate um, group, the, the fund as an, a limited partner, but also part of that is that we join, that means we're, we're a member of their coalition, um, their, their climate coalition. And that is a very valuable tool. And this is not just the airline industry. This is amazing companies that you can think of across the board. You know, there's the Googles and Apples and Honeywell and, you know, Delta and JetBlue and gosh, so many. Um, Boeing is there and FedEx and just amazing, amazing companies um, that are all working together to think about, you know, what's the next generation of technology that you know, does need to be funded in order for us to all take advantage of it. So, um, you know, we 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 join these groups because we do know that this is a problem we have to solve as an industry. And of course, we're always looking for the edge for ourselves. But, you know, at the same time, we recognize that we do, you know, it takes a lot of funding to get this new technology across the board. And so it's in all of our interests to really consider and, and encourage these technologies to grow and to be successful uh, and to be viable um, for all of us. Now, you mentioned the TPG uh, Rise Climate Fund. That's your latest investment. Why join a fund? Is it just to hang out with the cool kids or is there something else to it? <laughs> no, I mean, we are we do get to hang out with the cool kids, but <laughs> it's not just because of that, obviously. Um, so we, this, we did this for a couple different reasons. Number one, TPG has got just amazing track record of making very, very strong investments and, and putting their money into places that, you know, are just really the right areas. Their Rise Climate Fund has been, this is, I think, the second version of their fund. It's kind of a little, you know, they, they this is the second fund they've raised. Um, and, you know, they are very focused on a number of different um, sustainability pillars of which decarbonizing transportation is one. Um, we joined two fo- for two reasons. Number one, um, it allows us to be part of, and to, you know, uh, investments that are bigger than the ones that we would do. Um you know, TPG will invest in later stage companies, 
you know, put in more money, have a bigger stake um, in companies than we we would be able, we would have access to as as an early stage investor. We are very much an early stage investor, so we're looking at companies that are very early stage and how can we help them grow. TPG is like the next level of company, and how can we really kind of super you know supercharge their growth? Um, and so that gives us access to those companies. It gives us access to and you know they, they they'll share share deal flow with us. Like there might be you know co investment opportunities that we're excited about. But the second piece of that is the, the fact that they actually not, they're not just building a fund of LPs, they're building this coalition of thought leaders. And we want to be part of that thought leadership group. Um, and so, you know, we're already starting, you know, some interesting little task force within that group on, you know, various pillars, one of which is sustainable aviation fuel, which we know is very exciting in our industry, but we don't have enough of what we don't, we don't currently have enough to like meet our goals. And so how can we encourage that area to kind of grow and, and, you know, think about the next generation of tech there. So, you know, yes, it's an investment piece, but it's also a strategic kind of coalition thought leader piece that we really were excited about. And that's why we joined. That's fantastic. And I'm glad to see you take lead here and gives you, you know, an in on later stage, much larger value investments, like you said, you just mentioned something about SAF. Let's talk about sustainable aviation fuel for a minute, because it's a prime example of a technology that's badly needed. It's in short supply and it's five times to six times more expensive than the current alternate, which is normal jet aviation fuel. How does an airline first compete for a scarce resource, second fund uh, and justify paying five to six times more for something that actually doesn't get them to net zero. It still produces emissions, but just reduced emissions. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. How do you make something um, like this work? It's interesting because, you know, the the team at JetBlue, we have an amazing head of sustainability, Sarah Bogdan, and she's spending a lot of her time right now thinking about those questions. Um, and I, I think, you know, from her perspective, I, I try, I'm not going to try to speak for her, um, but I know that she's looking at, you know, what partnerships can she put in place? Um, you know, there's only so much out there, so many producers, so much um, availability. So she's trying to make sure that, you know, JetBlue has an appropriate amount to grow, you know, over time um, and and having really great, you know, detailed conversations about contracts, you know, and, and with these companies about how can they make um, sustainable aviation fuel that is cost effective and and there you know there's a lot of legislation and regulatory processes that are important in this in this space because you know there are um, incentives you know for for to to use sustainable aviation fuel and so she's thinking about how those play in and how, what does it really look like from a cost perspective and when you when you layer in some incentives and you have the right contract and and you have some future um, demand kind of um, you know, commitment, then you can, you can start to, to move the needle towards a little bit more of an affordable um, program. It's tricky. Um, and part of what we're looking at is how can we find new sources of sustainable aviation fuel or companies that are just at the start of this process and how can we encourage them to continue to grow? And so those, the, that, you know, that's the piece that JetBlue Tech Ventures is really thinking about to help Sarah, as she's thinking about her sustainable aviation fuel portfolio, um, but you know, and and I, I guess you know, for bad or for good or bad, you know, oil prices being what they are today probably brings them a little closer together, which is unfortunate, but <laughs> and obviously not what anybody <laughs> wants. But um, you know, we're just thinking about kind of how 
how can we increase the st- the amount of sustainable aviation fuel because that will make it more cost effective to be totally honest i mean you know once you have an, an acceptable amount of supply to meet the demand then then prices will come down um but we're not there yet no that that's that's fair enough um the latest ipcc report that uh, recently came out uh was um very clear in saying it is going to be extremely difficult for airlines to hit their net zero targets in mm-hmm. 2050 i know jetblue has a t- uh, 2040 target you, of course, have this periscope looking out uh, to the future of technologies. Firstly, do you think airlines can get to net zero realistically by uh, 2040, 2050? And second question, if you were to name two or three top technologies that will help the aviation industry get there, what would they be? Oh, that's a really tough question. Um, uh, you know, you know, look into my crystal ball and tell you what's going to happen. You know, I think we have a good shot at, at meeting our goals. Um, you know, everybody just needs to continue to really focus on this particular um, aspect of our business and, you know, definitely need to kind of be consistent with pulling our, the triggers that, you know, can help us get there. You know, the, some of the technology that we're, you know, I, I've mentioned some of the technology we've looked at, you know, we're looking at, and I think those are some of the things that are going to be important to really grow and and uh, and test and fund. Um you know, SAF is tricky. You know, it requires a certain type of, you know, process to produce and and some sort, sort of st- stock. So, you know, one of the technologies we really love and I think will grow. And I think this is, you know, in the in the coalition groups that I've been I've been part of, this is a technology that I think people are really excited about is this direct air capture. So pulling carbon from the air and then transforming it into fuel. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that you can pull d- carbon from the air and then, you know, store it. And that's great, but why can't we just make fuel with it? And that I think is a, a really great and compelling technology that um, several companies have really gained some traction here. And I think the more of these types of companies we support, um, the better off we'll be. It's going to be interesting to see how hydrogen and electrification play out. You know, hydrogen. Um, you know, the tricky thing for hydrogen is how do you you know plug hydrogen into an aircraft? How do you store it? How do you transport it? Um, how do you, how do existing aircraft use it? You know, Universal Hydrogen is a great company thinking about those logistical questions and building like conversion kits and you know a, a storage method that makes it easier to deal with, right? And so I think that's going to be a big piece of the importance of hydrogen um, electrification. So the reality is, you know, and we look at we we look at all these startups and we understand that you know the perspective that some of them have that they have built an all electric aircraft that will work, but the reality is our battery technology is not there. It's not there for range. It's not there for weight. You know, the size of the aircraft, the weight, the the, the payload. It's just not there yet. Um, so we think that the electric hybrid side of the business is actually more compelling um, and, and allows you to fly a good portion of your mission in you know a fully electric mode while still having that you know the the fuel based engines um you know as you know part of that right um so we think that's going to be important it's going to be smaller aircraft it's going to be regionals and as and that's how we're going to chip away at it is an industry right the smaller air, um aircraft operators the regional carriers for every major airline they're going to start to be electrified and that's going to help chip away at a big problem that we have right and so um, if, you know, if JetBlue has, you know, this amount of emission, but part of it is our regional partners, you know, we get to chip away at that through, through that method. So, 
But then the last thing I think um, that people need to think about is that infrastructure needs are going to are going to be very real. Um, how do we um, change our infrastructure, you know, to operate better with hydrogen, with electrification, um, you know, even just finding places where staff will be delivered to aircraft. Like it's just, you know, there's an infra- infrastructure play here that we really have to make sure we're paying attention to. No, that is that is very well articulated. I, I have to admit, uh, to me, it <laughs> seems like we are going to see a Prius first, which is a hybrid car rather than Tesla's flying around, which is all yeah. electric. Yeah. I think that's true because to be, you know, if you have a fully electric aircraft, it's a small aircraft. I mean, the eVTOL space is is really where fully electric will will explode and be that viable because it's a small, you know, a small craft with a shorter mission and you can fly that electric. Um, you know, a fixed wing aircraft, it's going to be hard. You've got, you know, uh, power needs for takeoff and landing. You've got, you know, only so much range. You've got the requirements from the FAA on reserves. You know, those are very real things that we have to overcome. Absolutely. Uh, Now, sort of summing up, yes, sustainable technologies are a critical part of the future, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, some may work, some may not work due to infrastructure issues, due to government issues. Mm -hmm. What are you most excited about, about the future of sustainable aviation? Well, I mean, you know, I've talked about a lot of the technologies I like. I think my favorite right now is the direct air capture. I think that's, you know, super compelling. But what I'm most excited about is the fact that we're all talking about this so much, right? And, you know, there's so many great companies out there. There's a lot of investment in startups. And that's important because these are, it's, it's expensive technology. You need investments, strong investment into this technology in order to make it work. If it's going to be successful, it's because we're investing in it. Um, so I'm excited about the amount of investment that's out there. There's so, so much. In fact, as an airline CBC, we're competing with like the world <laughs> to invest in some of these startups. And sometimes it's hard to get into those rounds um, because there's some very, very compelling funds out there that are just focused on climate tech. And that's great. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the fact that we have these coalitions of thought leaders that are trying to solve these problems and really dig into the what are the ones that are most important, these technologies that are most important. I think those are very exciting. Um, and then there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of adjacent tech that's starting to think about how they contribute to the sustainability um, problem. You know, we have a couple investments in AI companies, you know, that are using data to solve these problems. How much fuel you burn, how you track and, and and load fuel onto your aircraft, saving around the edges. You know, you need that. You need that just as much as you need a direct air, co- uh, you know, direct air company that's making fuel. So you need all of those things to work together in order for this to be successful. And when if we meet these goals that, you know, are very aggressive, it's not because of one piece of technology. It's going to be because of all of these pieces of technology all coming together. Yeah, I think that's what gives me the most hope. That is not just uh, a silver bullet. Right a single solution for for everything it's it's horses for courses mm-hmm. you know you might have electric for a short distance mm-hmm. you might have hybrids for medium haul and you might have hydrogen for longer haul let's say yeah. and and all of them will work together and similarly a lot of these suppliers i recently learned of a, learned of a company called satavia mm-hmm. that uh, reduces emissions from contrails yes. and i had no idea that there's so many secondary emissions from contrails i learned about Carbon Click, which mm-hmm. is doing radical transparency when it comes to uh, you know carbon offsetting, and that's their key thing. And I love how the entire ecosystem, like you said, is thinking together about solving this problem, uh, and that's what gives me the most hope. And a lot of what you shared today uh, is incredibly exciting, and I'm 
so happy that an airline that is, I think, one of the smaller airlines in the U.S., is putting so much weight behind something like this. And that gives all the big guys even more impetus to do even more. Yeah, definitely. You know, we, you know, there's always the competition in the airline industry. So we're all kind of goading each other along. <laughs> Look what we've done. What have you done? You know, so it's good. It's healthy competition. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> no, Amy, this is very exciting. I really appreciate you uh, sharing how JTB works, mm -hmm. what excites you about the future. And... As I said, I'm full of hope after our conversation. Great. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's, I love talking about this stuff. So it's always a fun conversation. <laughs> I can definitely tell. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sustainability in the Air, the world's first podcast dedicated to sustainable aviation. We hope you liked it and will share it with your network. Please also leave us a review. Awareness is the key to a green future. Your support will help our insights on sustainable aviation reach a wider audience. In addition, for every single listen of this podcast, we will plant a tree. And for every single review, we will plant 50 trees. You can also write to us at podcast at and for more content on sustainable aviation, please visit our website, simplifying.com, and join the movement.